What a weekend from the NFL draft to Avengers Endgame, uh, some NBA playoff action, and most importantly, the Battle of Winterfell, whatever that is. Um, it was just a huge weekend, lots of going on, lots of things to talk about, lots of content to consume. I, geez, I sh- we should probably just get right into it. Um, on this episode, I talked with an old friend, uh, Danville native, Justin March Lillard, a linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. We sat down and talked about the draft, talked sort of about the process and the mindset of, of being in the NFL and, and uh, you know, finding your spot on a roster and how to make all that work. And then we sort of gave an unqualified uh, review of the Avengers Endgame. There were some spoilers, I must say that. Justin is way more into the whole uh, superhero movie thing than I am, so I know that's an unpopular opinion. People will hold that against me, and that's okay. Feel how you want to feel. Anyway, so let's just get right into it. Here's my interview with Justin March Lillard. All right, so I'm here with Justin March Lillard, uh, linebacker for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Justin, how are you doing, man? And doing well. Excited to be on this podcast with you. I appreciate it, man. So uh, real quick, first thing I want to know. So if we assembled uh, the Danville Warriors in the Ilian Extreme right now, the year's 2019, <laughs> who's going to win that game? Uh, Danville Warriors, easily. <laughs> you, you know, that, you know are you that? just saying that because you got Chuck? Man, exactly. That's all we need right there. <laughs> You're probably right. I mean, I'm I'm washed up, that's for sure. Can you still play baseball? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I, I think I still run a little bit. Uh, oh, I know you man, can run, but can you like throw and hit? Uh, I can throw. I haven't I haven't seen a live baseball in so long. I'm not sure. I'll probably start off trying to bunt, use a little <laughs> bit of be a bit of speed. But yeah, I don't. I actually haven't seen a full speed fastball, and I mean I don't know, probably seven eight years. Bro, I think I I think I might be able to still hit. I uh, this is like super embarrassing, but a couple of summers ago, I think it must have been after my first season in the league. Uh, the Danville Dans had me come out and throw out an opening pitch. Yeah, I threw that thing like fifty-seven feet. Uh. Bounced it. The whole, the whole crowd booed me. It was, yeah. it was yeah, that's rough. Really, it's really a nightmare. Right. Yeah. That's right. Rough right there. <laughs> Okay, so I was like we're saying you're a member of the Dallas Cowboys. The draft just took place. Um, how do you feel like as a player? You know, someone who's been through the process and someone who's obviously you know on the team now is uh, is the draft something you look forward to? Or are you like, hey, here's like a new group of guys? Or uh, I mean, do you care? Like, what what do you do on draft night? Uh, me personally, I really I think the night of the draft, I actually went and watched the Avengers. But um, <laughs> we're going to talk uh, about that. <laughs> oh yeah yeah but uh for me personally um i think it's great for you know guys and, and their families who you know th- i mean it's a dream it's, it's what they've always wanted to do and then have a chance to have their name called and uh ultimately get a get a shot at you know fulfilling that dream to the fullest um but me myself personally i don't really i guess i really don't uh think about it in any type of capacity just because i mean it's something that's going to happen regardless every single year um, so I know some guys that might, you know, they might dread it and say, hey, I mean, it's a new group of guys, you know, w- what's it look like for me and stuff like that. But me, I try to I try to put, you know, all of that kind of aside and say, hey, you know, I know it's happening. I know what it takes, but um, I also know myself. and I know what it takes to, um, you know, ultimately, like make the team and stuff like that, because I've been through it. Um, but as far as like from a uh, from a, you know, a player standpoint and you know, someone who's, who's been in the league now for a few years, 
um, I think it's exciting for these young guys, man, to get a shot to, to come in. And for some of them, they, they probably didn't get drafted or they didn't get drafted as high as they, they thought they would. But to be able to come in and kind of prove themselves to, uh, to all these people here, um, like all the players that's currently in the NFL, um, and just have that shot, man, I think it's like a, what, 1%, 2% chance of, of making it. So uh, definitely excited for those guys. And, um, you know, I, I wish them nothing but luck, you know, in their career. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's – I mean, you and I were kind of, uh, what, similar situations, you know, ended up going undrafted. Did you think that uh, getting drafted was uh, was something you had a shot at? Uh, yeah, for, my, for myself personally, I mean, it's, it's something I always thought, you know, that uh, that was that was realistic. And then um, – but I also knew kind of like the alternative route, well, you know, if, if this doesn't happen, then, you know, you get your shot, then it's what you do with it. Um, and then ultimately, I mean, a lot of that has to do with a lot of circumstantial things that that might happen with you getting your opportunity getting your shot i mean i know i know a lot of great players who who didn't get drafted got their shot and then didn't quite work out because maybe someone didn't get injured or you know the the scouting department had to go a different way personnel wise anything like that so a lot of it is opportunity and, and some of it is you know luck and and all of that and you know just by chance and, and stuff like that but uh yeah definitely coming out i thought i, I thought i had a shot even on day three um, I thought that was more realistic, you know, just with the numbers I put up statistically height, size, you know, size and stuff like that. Cause nowadays that stuff really doesn't matter as much as it did when I was coming out, like how tall is this guy or, you know, how, right, how, right. how, how fast and all that stuff, um, used to matter, I guess, a lot more back then than it really does now, because if you can play ball nowadays, I mean, clubs on ball players. Right. They'll find you. So, um, so like you said, you were kind of expected, you thought you'd get drafted, but you thought maybe like a, you'd be a day three guy. What, uh, what was your draft day experience like? Uh, yeah. So I knew, uh, I know a few teams had interest, um, and drafted me and stuff like that. So, um, I actually had kind of like a, a draft type party at, uh, or I guess college celebration draft party at the Danville YMCA, you know, yeah. just with some family and close friends and stuff like that. And, uh, Man, I mean, my phone was glued to my hip, you know, the whole time, constantly checking, you know, didn't didn't get my name called, this, that, and the other, and then uh, got a call, probably, I want to say, in like the fifth, sixth round, got a call from Kansas City, and they were like, hey, you know, we're uh, we're going to go a different route. I know this is where you thought we would draft you, but if there's any chance that, you know, we could get you undrafted, if you happen to make it, we still want you to know that we really want you to come here, and uh to me, I was kind of like hurt by that initially because I'm like, man, like, <laughs> like this. Mm -hmm. I thought this was a moment, you know. I'm telling family, hey, yeah. be quiet, be quiet. And then it was kind of like, hey, you know, they're still interested and, and stuff like that. Uh, I think my agent might have called me and told me that, but uh, it's kind of like, man, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely rough. But uh, then when I got, you know, towards the towards the end of the seventh round, and, and teams started calling and was like, hey, well, nobody drafts you. This is what it is. And I mean, it was probably five or six teams that. I called and said, hey, you got to do this. Uh, you know, this is what we're offering you. And, you know, if, if you don't happen to make it. And then it was like, I think you got, at the time, I think it was like you have to make a decision within 30, 45 minutes. Like, you know, who are you going to go with? And, uh, you know, my agent at the time, we kind of had everything, you know, mapped out. If this was to happen, this was to happen. And, it, you know, just just from my, uh, the standpoint of, you know, what, how many players do you have at this position? How old are they? What years are they in their contracts? Just all those demographics uh, with the chance of actually getting, getting some opportunity to, you know, show my talents and stuff like that. So I just kind of hung out with the family and, 
um, end up making the decision to, uh, to go to Kansas city and, um, you know, just, just have a shot at, you know, I guess competing for a spot on a roster. I knew I would have a good opportunity. And, um, it was kind of like that. I guess, I guess my entire family and stuff, they, they probably expected me to get drafted and stuff like that, or they wanted me to, I guess I should say. But, uh, for me, myself, I knew that, you know, I could get drafted somewhere on day three. And if I happen to go undrafted, you know, I knew I would have, uh, some opportunities to, uh, kind of choose from and see what was the best situation for me. Um, so I was blessed to be able to, you know, just have a shot in general. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like I have such a similar experience to that. And like when you're not around NFL guys, you like think to yourself like, Hey, this is unique to me. Like I had this experience that I can tell this story, but then like I'm here, I'm here, Hearing you tell your story, and I'm like, that's exactly what happened to me. So yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like in this business, like I mean, I guess, like I said, you kind of think you're unique, but it's everyone's kind of going through a similar version of the same process. So when you were right, making exactly. your decision, when you're making your decision between teams, and you said like you're right, like it's half an hour, forty five minutes, and your agents lining up scenarios. Uh, how many teams were you like really deciding between at that point? Um, at that, at that point, uh, you kind of narrowed down, I kind of narrowed down to like my top three and then, um, a lot of it, a lot of other things came in effect of like, okay, how, how far, you know, is this team away? You know, what are the, I guess the climates and stuff like that. I mean, it was a lot yeah. of stuff that I took in consideration because I'm like, Hey, if, you know, I gotta, I gotta, you know, if I had to go play in a, on a Florida team, it was like, well, you know, that's kind of humid and I also have a Midwest team where it's like close to home, you yeah. know, I play I play ball in the Midwest I'm used to kind of like those uh conditions when it came to training camp so I was like oh just like playing football like I've always done um and then it was like you know other, just other things were you know how did I how did I uh blend in I guess with the actual defense the style of defense so I had never which is crazy because when I picked Kansas City I had never played in a 3-4 defense I always played in a 4-3 defense so um but I knew that I knew that I could play either style of defense. And then when it came down to uh, like an ultimate shot, I was like, okay, well, you know, Kansas city just like they had legit drafted two linebackers and then they brought me in. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, they drafted two linebackers ahead of me, um, <laughs> which I was kind of like hurt by. I'm like, man, like, you know, I thought they would have gave me a shot, but they drafted other guys. And I was like, okay, well, I want to go in there and uh, kind of show them what I can do and show them that, you know, they, I guess made the wrong decision by not drafting me, you know, ahead of, mm-hmm. ahead of these guys. So it was kind of like a, uh, I guess personal uh, challenge that I wanted to to accept. So, um, and I knew they liked me there. I knew it was kind of you know a, a good coaching coaching fit um, with Coach Reed being there and stuff like that. So really, it's a lot of stuff that you take in consideration. But I mean, you really like I had to narrow down the three teams and say, okay, let's let's break these teams down. And then it was kind of like, okay, well, you can take that one out of it. You know, I didn't really like the style of defense or, you know, they they might have just got a new defensive coach that offseason, whatever it was. And then it was, OK, I'm, when you get down to like your final two, you're like, all right, let's let's make a decision. And you mentioned something that I think is funny in there that people don't think about. Like you're in a kind of a weird dynamic when you uh, join a team, because like on one hand, you know, you want to be a member of the team and you want to like I see you want to see everyone succeed and do well. But at the same time you know, they drafted that guy ahead of you and you've got to go in there and try and take his job and show him or show the organization that like you can beat this guy. So at, at the same time, it's like, it's, you're competing with your teammates in a weird, in a weird way. It's, it's kind of tough. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it's 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 kind of it's kind of weird, but uh, most I guess most guys what they'll tell you is um, like if you got a good I guess a good room or whatever, mm-hmm. nobody's really in there. I guess competing against you in a sense, um, yeah. and, and same way, same way with me. I mean, I was I was lucky to be in Casey with some with some great vets at the time with Derek Johnson, Josh Maga, uh, a couple of those guys who you know they weren't stingy. I guess with the playbook, they were like, hey, you know, right. you should try doing this, or you know, this is the best way to do it. This is what's different from college to the NFL. And uh, I guess I guess just actually learning that as soon as I got in from those guys, I'm like, okay, like. They know I'm here to compete for a starting spot. They know I'm here to, you know, ultimately, you know, make this roster and want to start and stuff like that. But they weren't like, hey, you know, I'm not going to be your friend because because of that. Um, right. And then and then a lot of that has to do with what I learned is the the less I would try to compete against the next guy that was competing for a position, the more like the the more success I had because I was competing against my own, I guess, talent. And uh, what I had to bring to the table. So I actually started competing against myself. Whereas, like, if I had a bad day, it wasn't like, let me go in and try to do extra just because that player had a good day. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of like, let me go in and, like, let me let me go back to the to my actual notebook that night that I had a bad price. Say, okay, well, like, dang, I should have knew this play was coming because we just went over it. And then, like, how do I change that and compete against myself? Or, you know, where were my weaknesses that I had to train? you know, during that time. Um, so I, I guess that's where a lot of, a lot of people kind of get confused because they're looking at the next man and say, Oh, well he, he just made a great play. And now I got to go out here and make a great play when it's kind of not like that. It's kind of like, you know, you, you play, you make plays through your assignment and as you know, the more reliable you are, I mean, your natural talents are going to take over when they take over. Um, so I learned that as the older I got, it was kind of like, you know, I'm not really competing against that person. Like I, like I obviously like, you know, you know, the stakes are high when it's like, oh, this, this position is kind of open for you to take and start. But um, at the same time, it's like, I want to be the best player I can be for myself. Um, so me just being a kind of, you know, competitive athlete and stuff like that, I am of myself and what I expect from myself is kind of like, you know, I, I see like, what, what, what can I do better um, to put myself in a better situation to, to make plays that Justin can make, not that's his play. You know what I'm saying? Let me put let me do the same thing he just did so I can try to make the play he just made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think that that mindset was something that came to you quickly? Because like I can say from experience and being someone that like I've always like had plenty of self-confidence and, and I've always felt like I was pretty mentally tough. But I feel like one of the things that I struggled with in my time in the league was every time I would like get on a new team, I immediately like sized up the room. And I like ranked the players and I was like, where do I stand when I probably should have just been focused on being the best me I could be every day. But I was right. like almost, almost like paralyzed by like, Oh my gosh, look how many good players there are in this room. Uh, yeah. And sometimes I felt like that got the best of me. I was like so concerned about like trying to be the eighth or seventh or ninth or whatever. Right. spot. And you know, it's like, you know, you should probably just try to be the best Cameron instead of being the, yeah. The yeah. Guy. And, that, and that, and that's something that like, yeah, like I could, I could honestly say, like I always had a lot of confidence. Even, I mean, even from coming out of Danville and playing, oh, you're too small. You know, you're not, you're not gonna make it. Stuff like that. I've always had like that type of chip on my shoulder. Yeah. But then uh, just having conversation with my with my dad and my family and stuff, it's like, dude, like you don't work to prove those people wrong. You work to prove yourself right every time. Yeah. So, like, as long as I'm doing that, where I say, okay, I need to prove myself right. Like I know what I go home and do at night. I know the type of, you know, training and stuff that I do, 
um, and stuff like that. It kind of makes me, I guess, like, like, yeah, obviously you come into a room like, you know, this guy look like he can play or, you know, this, this guy's fast, you know, this, that, and the other. But then it's like, I had to think about it myself. Like, Oh, if I, if I wasn't, you know, one of the guys, I wouldn't be here right now. And yeah. I think some of the, I think some of the young athletes, like e even though you could be so competitive, this, that, and the other, like the moment you fall into that trap of, um, you know, I guess trying to fit yourself in and like, okay, where do, where do I stand versus this guy? Or like, man, he just made that play. Like I need to go out there and do that. It kind of, it kind of puts a focus more on you, you know, trying to, I guess, fit in or do something abnormal instead of just doing what you've always done. Um, and I mean, that's what, that's legit with what I learned is that's legit with just about anything that you're, you know, I guess working, working for, you know, whether it's any type of job, it's like the more you look at the other person and say, Oh, well, man, you know, look how the coach responds to that person. He talks to him a little bit differently than he talks to me and stuff like that. Cause I, I mean, I, I started falling into that trap where it was like, man, coach is kind of like, you know, chewing, chewing me out a little bit, but the guy just yeah. did the same exact thing. And then you fall into it. Now I'm, now I'm in a slump and I'm like, man, I'm just, all I'm thinking about is being too per so perfect that like, it's actually making me mess up on little things. Cause I'm like trying to be overly perfect. And uh, I guess the moment I realized that like, dude, you're not going to be perfect. You are who you are and you know, live that to the fullest. And like, somebody's going to appreciate that one day. Yeah. I mean then, and being able to like play in that mind space where you're like, you know, you're just kind of freed up by not trying to do too much, not trying to impress anyone, not trying to be something you're not like, that's, that's huge. At least in my experience, yeah. that was, yeah, that was when yeah, I was at is. my best. Yeah. yeah, definitely. All right. So you've like, you're out here spitting life lessons. This isn't just Man. a football <laughs> podcast. You're telling us how to, how to be successful, how to, Man, how to accomplish more. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah, it's a huge weekend. Obviously we got the draft. Uh, we have, uh, the Avengers, like you mentioned, you, you were there mm -hmm. this weekend, $1.2 billion. I saw an opening weekend. That's amazing. Man, it was crazy. I think they beat what last year's by 560 million or something like that. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So I guess this is probably the time we ought to just hop right into it. Got us. We got to talk about the Avengers. Are you a, are you a comic book guy? Uh, you know what? I've never really been like a huge, you know, comic book guy or anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I actually met it like when I was in Kansas City, I ran into a uh, teammate, Chris Conley, and he was a big comic book guy. And uh, I would just hear him talk all the time. I mean, big Star Wars guy, stuff like that. And then uh, I actually started like, because I was like, oh, who doesn't like watching Captain America or who doesn't like watching, you know, Spider-Man, this stuff like that. So then, uh, you know, I would always, you know, watch those movies and stuff like that. And then I would, it was crazy because football kind of brought me to actually liking movies and you know comic books and stuff like that that like probably in the past year it's like i'm always waiting for for a new movie to come out um mm -hmm. so i wouldn't say i wouldn't say like i'm a huge guy i'm definitely i'm definitely in like the learning stage of it for sure yeah so have you seen like do you see all the avengers movies yeah and yeah, did you awesome. see like a do you see like a lot of the uh, the other marvel stuff i mean have you seen a good chunk of, of all those movies? yeah i did I did not see Ant Man, which I which I was supposed to watch. Um, I did, I, yeah, I didn't see that. Um, trying to think what else, but pretty much everything else I saw. Okay, so you, so you had a pretty good grasp of what, of what was going on in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only the only thing I was supposed to watch was the Ant Man movie before, and I didn't. Okay, but so other than that, okay. So let me ask, uh, what was your what was your takeaway after sitting through that three hour? 
that three hour movie. Man, the first thing I, I said, I was like, man, that was worth it. Like, like it, it's definitely, it's definitely something that like, definitely a movie that keeps you, I guess, watching. And then there's a lot of like, cause to me, it kind of started off slow. I'm like, Oh, this is kind of like slow. And then I'm like, yeah. Oh, when is it, when is it going to speed up a little bit? But then when it did speed up, it was like, Holy crap. Like, you know, everything's going on. I, I love like, you know, they, they actually threw a lot of, um, like symbolism stuff out there, which, which I kind of call like during, I'm like, man, that's cool. Like how they just put that out there. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I think, I think the Avenger movies are hilarious. <laughs> I mean, yeah. some people like, I mean, just the, you know, just the comedy they put in there and stuff like that. But it was, it was actually something like every single thing that I've argued with my teammates about up until the movie came out. I'm like, man, this is going to happen. Like watch this, this, then like none of it happened. I was like, dang, that, I guess that's one. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, so, man, uh, like pretty, like all of us is pretty much wrong. <laughs> it was kind of yeah. like we were going back for a while. This got to happen, you know. Some things that from from the last one, like, okay, this just has to happen, and it just yeah. Happened. But it was great though. I uh, okay, so I got to say this much, and this pro- this never makes me popular, but I'm really not that big of a superhero movie guy. Right, and I'm, I've definitely never been. Uh, a Marvel guy, which I know the Marvel movies are clearly better than the DC movies. Don't get me wrong, but right. I've just never really been that into it. So that already yeah. that already makes people kind of hate me. So because it's, well, it's not it's not cool. Watch, at least you watch Game of Thrones, which I don't, which I'm on like the second episode now. So like total, I can say oh yeah, the season right. one episode two, bro. So, okay, bro. So I got yeah, so I got to be totally honest. With you. I was just saying that because I assumed you watch it. I've never seen an episode of Game. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro, I've never freaking watched that. Bro, I've never watched. Right. <laughs> I, I'm kind of like this guy. Like, um, if I'm not at the very beginning of it, like when something gets cool, I'll like will wait till it's old, and I'll be like, I'm a classic. Like I, I, I listen yeah. to all the music or watch the movie or the show like after oh. it was. Man, that's that's, like, I I would like hold a grudge because everybody's like, "Oh, this movie's all this is this show's awesome." It's like season six, so I hold a grudge. I'm like, "Man, I'm not watching it." Like, right? Everybody's all hyped up about it. Like, <laughs> like I don't yeah. want to be like that guy. Right? When people get to talking about it, I'm like, "No, I can't be that good." Like, if everyone likes yeah. it, it can't be that good. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> like, I'm right. an idiot. I'm an idiot, <laughs> but like, that's that's the way I really think about it. So I'm like, you know what? In like ten years, I'm gonna watch Game of Thrones. But until then, <laughs> right. so okay, so I had. I thought the movie was okay. Uh, yeah. Again, I, I know that's not going to be popular opinion. I thought, I mean, like it was good. Like, don't get me wrong. There were no bad parts of the movie. Um, I, I, I did get a little restless early on. Like, this is kind of slow. A lot yeah, of story. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, anytime, even like the best movie, I'm going to have trouble sitting through three hours. Uh, I got that restless leg syndrome. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to get up and move around. Um, yeah. Also, very early on during the movie for me, uh, I was approached by like uh, one of the ushers. He like came in and he wanted oh. to wanted me to prove that I had my ticket. So, oh man! Yeah, he came in. <laughs> he like flashed, flashed the light in my face and kind of like oh, he threw me off from the very beginning. So now I'm like in a bad place. I'm like, what? How? You know, I can't. <laughs> I missed like two minutes of action. So I tried yeah. to go from there. Anyway, I thought it was pretty good. I'm gonna say seven point seven out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I don't. I'm trying to actually think about a movie that I've seen that's been like, I guess, close to ten. But I, I'll give it a from. I'll give it an eight, especially for me. For me personally, at least an eight because I'm more of the. Um, 
I guess, like storyline type of guy where it's like, you know, kind of give me what's really going on, you know, break it down a little bit, you know, uh, I guess more in depth. And it, I mean, it did, it did make it slower, uh, which I was kind of like, man, I need to like speed it up. But after a while, I did appreciate it going into like the end of it. But um, yeah, if it would have just had a little bit more action, maybe 20 minutes before it actually started, it probably would have been a lot, a lot better. Yeah. Um, did you feel like, did you feel like, uh, the right people, I guess we could spoil this. I mean, this is, yeah. the, you've already had the whole weekend to see the movie. Right. Are you okay to see Iron Man go? Are you okay to see Black Widow go? I mean, how did we feel about that? Oh uh, yeah. Actually, actually when I told, when I told my wife, she actually didn't see the movie. I was like, yeah, you know, told her about Iron Man. She about freaked out. She was like, that's not supposed to happen. Like, but it was kind of like, um, I guess, I guess for me, it kind of put things in pers- into perspective. Um, as far as like what love actually does, and like actually wanting to see other people happy and other see other people's like family happy and stuff like that, because you know, actually during the movie, it's like, man, like I got a second chance at life. You know, I got a second chance to, um, you know, be be with my daughter, be with be with my wife again, and you know, I mean. Thanos killed 50% of the world or whatever. So he's like, man, I'm not like, I'm out, like I'm not doing it. And then just for him to go in and ultimately, you know, sacrifice himself. It was like, man, we just need, I guess what did, what did Dr. Strange was like one in how many ever million that they were going to win it. He just so happened that he had to 14, be that one. That, 14 million or something. Yeah. Something like that. So it was like, man, I, I didn't want to see it happen, but I love the fact that, you know, it shows like what, people i guess what people would do to see other people happy and stuff like that especially in today's world i don't know i always try to bring things back to like what goes on in the world today and uh just seeing some someone you know obviously in one of the biggest movies that that you know came out in the past few years actually sacrifice itself for you know the betterment of other people and their families and stuff like that so i always I always like try to take <laughs> take some things from these movies and say like man look at what's going on in the world today and then actually being able to see they put that in there and it was like, man, like nobody wanted to see Iron Man go <laughs> like at all. So, yeah. um, man, man you're deep. crazy. You're Bro, deep. I just, man, I just, I just, man, I just see what's going on in life. And then like, you're finding the deepest it. meanings in everything. Bro. And then, I mean, even, even with, you know, the, the, the women empowerment, bro, like that they, that they did with like Captain Marvel and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's bro. Like, like legit when she had the when she had the freaking glove, yeah. And then like all like legit all the girl superheroes were like, no, we got her. And then I was like, dang, that's deep. That part, that, that <laughs> like, part got me. I was like, oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, I was like, I was like, what? yeah, that's some powerful, that's some powerful stuff, bro. So yeah. I mean, yeah. So it was like, you know, I did not want to see Iron Man go. It was like, man, this is this is rough. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, though, it was just man, just the symbolism of you know what people. Well, some people do to see other people happy, man. It's just, and, and for me being like a, a big believer and, you know, Christ and stuff like that, it was like, it was just one of those moments where it's like, ain't sacrifice for the greater good of everybody, you know, just as God did, you know what I'm saying? Sacrificing Jesus and stuff like that. So yeah, that kind of, that's what kind of like hit me during that time. I'm just like, I'm like, like everybody else is really like processing it in a different way. And I'm just like, my mind is going to like, Look at that. Look at that. Somebody's sacrificing for, for somebody, someone else to be happy. 
Man, you you watched the movie in a whole different way. I respect that. <laughs> yeah, that's just how I saw it. Like at the time, I always try to take what I see at the time and those feelings and try to you know remember those. Well, it's cool, man. It's cool that we could all like see see the movie and then you know obviously take our own different interpretations of it. And you, oh yeah, you you saw it like that. That's that's cool. I got a. I have a little bit of a beef with this Captain Marvel character. <laughs> Okay, like, hear me out. Oh. Now, this is my problem with superhero movies uh, in general. I'm not, I'm not good because I'm not good at suspending my reality and my understanding of the world. <laughs> it, it just seems like with Marvel movies, and I know this is gonna, this is gonna piss off some people, but it just feels like with the Marvel movies, their powers in particular, someone like all the writers were just like, "Hey, uh, what's one problem that what, what's a problem?" And then they'll like propose the problem or the villain or whatever. And then they just like come up with a superhero that has the exact skill set to fix like said problem. Like they all can just like, we could just draw or come up with some new character that can do whatever we want. And so I was like, okay, the Avengers, that's pretty cool. They got all these different people, all these different skill sets. And then out of nowhere, we got this Captain Marvel character (laughs) literally can do anything and shows up and like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Thanos not an issue, like not an issue whatsoever, because we got Captain Captain Marvel and. <laughs> but, well, yeah, like, like I want to. She's she's probably like the, I guess the strongest one out of all of them. I mean, she can do a lot of a lot of stuff, and she's pretty much invincible, I think. But uh, but I think what's uh. I mean, they. I feel like they had to, you know, have something. Then she really. In Avengers, I mean, she really didn't do anything, which kind of like she was barely there. And that's that's what kind of like had pissed me off because I'm like, I'm telling everybody like, oh, Captain Marvel was about to destroy Thanos, and it's like, I'm just like, oh yeah, she's gonna come back, she's gonna, and then especially how they she showed up up and put him in a headlock. Yeah, after like that's and that's how that's exactly how they showed us like at the end of Captain Marvel, like, oh, she's in Avengers. Like, if you have a problem, like if anything happens to me, call this number, whatever, whatever. Yeah, basically, she didn't. And she didn't do anything. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, so so <laughs> I was geez. I was totally off on that one. The Hulk, I was like, oh, the Hulk's gonna, you know, have to get his fight back with Thanos. Didn't happen. I was like, okay. He's I was just like, so yeah, bro. So the whole like but I mean she's a she's a good character and I don't know. I don't know, I guess it's just like your most powerful one of your most powerful freaking superheroes is a woman. She's pretty much invincible, so no. Yeah, I sure. think I think it's <laughs> so. It's she can do cool everything. Yeah, okay, she so, can legit do everything. Obviously, she okay. So it's safe to say she's like the top dog of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. Okay, so if we were having, if we just go ahead and threw her out, because obviously she's she's the boss. If we were having like a uh, like WWE Royal Rumble style showdown of all of the Marvel Cinematic characters, other than uh, Thanos and other than Captain yeah. Marvel, who uh, who comes out on top in that in that battle? Mm, who comes out on top? Yeah, if we're just uh, throwing see, everyone I, out there. Yeah, I like I like too many. I feel like everyone would be like, oh, a Thor, this, whatever, whatever. I, after Thanos beat beat the Hulk up, he's out of there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too you know too much raw aggression. Yeah, he reminds me of like. Uh, oh. The Hulk kind of reminds me of like when you're like 
grade school or junior high dodgeball and there's that yep. one kid that can throw really hard but he <laughs> throws it at the kids who are like on the back of the wall and if you're yeah. that far back you can catch anything you know yeah so it's like yep. you gotta learn to, you gotta learn to rope in that aggression yeah. so yeah, i'm with yeah, you he's, you he's a little undisciplined um i do i do like dr strange though oh i love strange, <laughs> strange. I got you. he's he's pretty he legit my favorite yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> so in, I, Infinity I gotta, War, he just like just like pause time and throw everyone yeah. in a, time lock like i'm that's a power i can get behind (laughs) yeah so i'm I'm all for dr strange i think okay dr strange is a good choice although i mean obviously like we said he's his ability to lock time and whatever it is that he does Uh is awesome but for the sake of the royal rumble i gotta go with someone um go with someone maybe a bit more physically imposing oh yeah uh if if it's not gonna be the hulk it's not gonna be Doctor Strange, Thor. I, I, feel, I feel like what? Who, everybody, who I feel like everybody. I feel like everybody would say Thor, mm-hmm. or most people. Um, that's that's too obvious of a but, choice. Though I like a I but, like a sleeper pick. Who do you think? I like uh, Black Panther. Man, okay, Black Panther is a good choice. Um, yeah, Thor. Thor's, but after this performance, when he gets all sloppy bodied, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe he like, shows uh, up. He showed up looking like uh, the big Lebowski and Santa Claus, and, and that's <laughs> yeah, that's why I can I couldn't go with that. But I, I, mm, I want to lose your pick. You got a sleeper pick? Oh, I want to have a sleeper pick because, like, I just I try to like have you know <laughs> I try to have the hottest takes. This is a podcast, and <laughs> we don't succeed if we're not saying things that are a little outside of the box. Um, and it's obviously, I, I'll tell you who it's definitely not. It's definitely not Star-Lord. In my opinion, Star-Lord is the LVP <laughs> the entire Avengers series. Yeah. I mean, how yeah, are you going to go? Yeah, because just the the whole Infinity Ward fiasco. Yeah, he was he was done then for me. Yeah, I mean, he just, I'm writing him off. I'm writing him off. <laughs> so, I, I don't know the answer. I don't, I don't know. I think I, I like your Doctor Strange pick. That's probably, that's who I would have gone with. <laughs> Too. Uh, well, where are you ranking? Where are you ranking Spider-Man? At, is a question. Ooh. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I like Spider-Man, but he's, young, he's early in his development. You know. Yeah. He's, a, know. he's the kind of guy that uh, we would take a we would take like a late round draft pick on Spider-Man and just see what's yeah. to come. You know, he's not someone that yeah. I saw the <laughs> early on, but I I think he's got some upside. We'll take a flyer six or seven <laughs> pick on him. Uh, exactly. I'm hoping by like 2022, 2023, he can maybe carry the franchise. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I've been told, and this is not to toot my own horn, but I've just been told this, uh, that I slightly resemble Captain America. So I'll, I'll go with the <laughs> super traditional boring pick of Captain America. <laughs> yeah, I like Captain America. It's not my style. Right. How do you feel about him deciding to, uh, you know, just live out the remainder of his life in, in peace and uh, just you know, just be an old man. Um, you know what? I actually, I just thought that was good, him? man. Yeah, I'm happy for him, man. He's I feel like I feel like he was, uh, you know, him getting to, I guess, something that was wasn't really him giving up. I guess power ability that wasn't really you know something that he initially like wanted. Right. And the thing was like, you know, and then when he you know, I guess he said he met the love of his life around that time. And then it was like, oh, now you're, you know, the superhero. You got to go do this. And I guess for him to get that back, man, I think it was good. You know, he just got to live out the rest of his life like he wanted. And 
kind of went out like that. So yeah, I was I definitely you. happy for him, though. Happy. Passing the torch. <laughs> happy for you, Cap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you uh, coming on here, talking a little Avengers, talking a little football. Is there any chance that you'll be in Danville anytime soon? Maybe we could have a good old-fashioned home run derby and figure out uh, who still got it and who doesn't. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, I got Chucky Robinson for sure. <laughs> I got. I got my. I got my boy. Uh, what else we got? We'll take Dennis Forrest. Dennis, draft him. You see, <laughs> Dennis, Dennis for sure. Could still <laughs> <hit>. <laughs> oh yeah. He's, he's a. He's just a whole. Mo- he's a whole muscle right now. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know. Alec, Alec Neal used to have a little gas going. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to get the, we're gonna get the gang back together. We're gonna have to play this best of seven. Yeah. Whenever yeah, you make it back to. Whenever you make it back I, to the VC. Yeah, man. I got a, a youth football camp. I'm trying to remember. It's some sometime in June. I want to say like the twenty second or somewhere oh, really? around there. Yeah, my, the, my youth football camp. Yeah, at the high at school. The, uh, high school. Yeah. Awesome, I want to be my fifth one, man. So that's very cool. Excited to, yeah, excited to be back. So I'll be I'll be out there then. Um, and then I might also come to Trent's next month. He's having very one cool. out there. Oh very yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, it's good talking to you. Glad we got to catch up and uh, have this discussion. And good luck. Uh, good luck this upcoming season, bro. Yes, sir, boss. I appreciate it. You have a good day. All right, man. See ya. Fun fact: Justin is the only player I ever jersey swapped with in the NFL. And you see that on like TV or Instagram and the, the superstars are doing it and they make it look just like so easy. Just take off your jersey and write a little note and it's no big deal. Dude, like let me tell you from experience, it is a big deal. It is a huge process. You got to like get it cleared a week in advance uh, with the team equipment manager and like it is a, it costs a lot of money to do it and there's a whole process. Like I'm telling you, like that is not nearly as easy as Odell Beckham Jr. makes it look every week or whatever. But I digress. Um, Just a few thoughts from the weekend. First of all, I tried golfing again, and I don't do this nearly enough. I probably golf like once a year, which is not enough to get good at anything, and I'm someone who wants to be good so bad. Um, It's the only thing where I really lose my composure. For the most part, I am pretty good at staying poised. Um, And golf, man, it really gets gets the worst out of me. But I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I don't have the proper clubs. I don't have... Uh, the right size clubs, and I think that's really holding me back from reaching my fullest golf potential. So with that being said, Callaway, here would be an awesome opportunity for you guys to step up, uh, get some sponsorship. I know you guys aren't really all that well known in the golf community, so I would love to just you know give you a platform to um, get your name out there so a company like Callaway could really become more known in the golf world. So, you know, I would love to say good things about you. I would love to to mention your clubs or your or your golf balls or your products, all all the products. I'd love to be able to say good things about you, um, but I can't do that without a sponsorship agreement or some sort of you know product uh, that I could test out or try. You know, I, I just uh, I, I just need something in return from you guys before I go out there and say how great of golf products Callaway has. So yeah, Callaway, uh, the balls in your court. Uh, just you know, let me know. Uh, next point, NBA playoffs. I'm so glad the first round is over. There were a few highlights, but for the most part, all of these series were so boring. Uh, not a ton of theatrics, um, aside from the Dame wave. Man, that was awesome. Um, but yeah, the first round's over with. Uh, game two or round two is already uh, get, gotten underway. Um, there's some 
interesting things happening in round two. You know, the this Warriors Rocket series is obviously going to be really fun to watch. Two super competitive teams. One, obviously, the juggernaut that we all have, have come to know as the league champions for the past few years, and the Rockets probably being the most formidable team, the most formidable opponent. Uh, going down to the wire in game one, that was exciting. Uh, watching the Kawhi uh, P skills explosion in Toronto in game one versus Philly was awesome. Uh, and I really did not foresee um, the Bucks getting dismantled by the Celtics the way that they did in Game One. I mean, that was that was impressive. So all of uh, all of us Bucks fans, why am I saying all of us? All of the Bucks fans out there, I'm sure, are a little nervous. No one expected the Celtics, um, who have just been so painful to follow and watch this whole season. Um, Watching them sort of just find it and put it together and uh, throughout the playoffs and dismantle the Bucks like that—that's scary. That's a real threat. But anyway, uh, round two obviously underway. Uh, the playoffs are getting interesting, and so I would encourage you guys to tune in and check that out if you're not and follow along with the conversation. It's a lot of fun. Lastly, Avengers Endgame. You heard me and Justin talk about it a little bit. I've said this uh, numerous times, even on this show. I'm not a comic book guy. I'm not a superhero guy. I think Batman is the coolest superhero, and you can hold that against me forever. I don't care. Um, so I sat there through this whole three-hour movie, this whole three-hour experience, and I just kind of thought, hmm, this is okay. Um, I'm just curious like, what it is that I'm missing. At certain points during the movie, the audience clapped, which kind of pissed me off royally. I try not to be that guy because I love going to movies. I love the movie going experience. Um, I want to be a fan and I want to be around people who are fans, but geez, dude, don't clap during the movie. Uh, that, that just made me so mad. Uh, it was just, it happened on a couple different occasions, uh, involving Captain America and Iron Man. And I know you people feel like you know them, but you don't. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Isn't actually Iron Man. I know that's hard for you guys to hear. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry because I sound like such a hater. I don't know. I mean, the movie was good. It was fun. Um, stuff happened. I've, I guess. Um, but yeah, I just I'm just a little curious as to what I'm missing as to why this is so popular and so many people enjoy it so much. Um, a couple of different you know cam style takes a lot of hair lots of interesting hair choices going on in the marvel cinematic universe um we've had you know many different iterations of thor from the luscious flow to sort of the the short shorter style uh you know good looking chris hemsworth to kind of like a whole big lebowski thing going on uh i don't know what that's all about um Mark, I think Mark Ruffalo is probably better looking as the Hulk um, than he is as Mark Ruffalo, and that's a take. Write that down. Better looking as the Hulk. Um, yeah, so that's that's a thought. Um, Brie, Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Uh, I don't know if that was just, you know, she, she just gets thrown in there, and she like she's in the movie for like nine minutes, and I'm just supposed to believe that She's just this superstar alien thing who can just really defeat anyone and everyone. And she's got a new haircut. Well, it's just lots of hair. And I suppose like a lot of that has to do with uh, showing us that time has passed. Uh, you know, they're like uh, five years later. Um, how, how can we show these guys are in the future? Let's give them all new haircuts. I guess that works. 
Um, so that was just one thought on the thing. Don't clap during movies, please. Uh, I used to hear stories about people standing up and giving a, a standing ovation at the end of Rocky, which sounds awesome. <laughs> but clapping in the middle of, uh, of the Avengers because Captain America did like a thing or referenced something from a movie like eight years ago. I don't know. Whatever. I'm such a hater and this is probably a good, good place for me to end this. Um, yeah. So those are just some thoughts on the weekend. Oh, and Battle of Winterfell. Uh, I hope the good guys won. So I don't know anything about that. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to everything else. Thank you to everyone who tunes in. Big thanks to uh, this week's guest, Justin March Lillard. Uh, big thanks to my producer, Cameron Colley. And a huge shout out to uh, Kelsey Grammer, the star of the 1990 sitcom Frasier. I really didn't expect you to, you of all people, to be a fan of this show, but we're reaching new demographics every single week. And that's amazing. Are you serious? Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer from Frasier? Wow. Thank you for listening. You all are awesome. Have an awesome week. Uh, peace.